But we're going to talk about your greatest battle. (coughs) Excuse me. And your greatest battle is not money. It's not um, whatever the devil will throw at you. But your greatest battle battle is in your mind. You knew that was coming, didn't you? <laughs> the great, our greatest battle is in our minds because, see, Satan can't really touch us. He can only suggest things because we belong to God. We're blood-bought. And we don't belong to him. We belong to the great I am. And so he has to do things through us to hurt us. And the one thing, the major thing that he, he works on is our minds. And that's why a lot of people wind up not being where God told them to be, not where they're assigned. And they, they break their assignment because Satan works on their minds, always telling them there's something better or you're supposed to be doing this. God don't double book. He's not, he's smart, you know. He, he knows what he wants his servants to do. Amen. And so sometimes you know we listen to those voices too long and too hard and for the most part we try to figure out what's going on what god's doing when his his thoughts are higher now we have the mind of christ but god's told us that his his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are higher than ours so he sometimes does things a little bit different than what we would do to get the best results because he knows what he's doing amen and so God would tell us to just follow instructions and stand on your watch. You know, obey what you're supposed to do. And don't worry about how, what, when, why, you know, that kind of thing. Because that's, you know, reaching out into the carnal realm to try to find out what a spiritual God is doing. And we're spiritual beings, amen. And God, you'd be surprised how much God will tell you if you ask him. You know, the Bible says if you want wisdom to ask for it. Amen. And so, you know, we are always trying to seek, but we seek the wrong things for information. And so I, I'm going to do a little something because I usually follow my notes. But Isaiah 26, 3, which is one of my favorite scriptures i'm going to start there because i believe that's where god is leading me and in isaiah 26 3 it says you you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed amen on you and it's our responsibility to figure out how we're going to think it's our responsibility to think the right way amen Because if you think the wrong way, you can do something about it. Amen. Hallelujah. So God will keep me in perfect peace if my mind is stayed. Amen. Fixed. If you have a fixed mind, then God will will always lead you in the right direction. And he'll take care of all that doubt, all that unbelief, all of that wondering. Wonder what what it's going to be. Wonder what's going to happen. So the Amplified says you will guard him and keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Because he commits himself and leans on and hopes confidently in you. Amen. So God really tells us how to think and what to think. 
<laughs> he tells us what we ought to think, how we ought to think. Philippians 4, 7 and 8 says, finally, my brethren. Amen. Remember that one? Whatsoever things are true. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are of good report, thankworthy, praiseworthy to think on these things. And so God tells us how to think to keep us in peace and keep us in confidence and keep us in expectation so that we won't be all over the place wandering and wondering what's going to happen. Amen? Amen. And to trust. See, when you, you are in perfect peace, you trust. Amen. Doesn't that say that in 20, where were we? Oh, 26. Okay, 26, 4. It says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed or fixed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, verse 4. For in Yahweh or Yah, the Lord is everlasting strength. For he brings down those who dwell on high. Amen. All those high things, those things that, uh, what is it, against the knowledge of God. Exalt, thank you. Exalt yourself against the knowledge of God. God brings those things down. Those are high things in our minds. Amen. And those high things need to be brought down. Well, guess what? We can do that on our own. God don't have to do it for he's taught us how. You start thinking on things that are good, lovely, and pure, and it will bring those things down, those high things. Those things that try to convince us that they are more powerful than God. And if you listen long enough to those things, then you will think you're doomed. You'll think there's no hope. You know, anything that the devil brings your way. And he, see, the devil gives you, he knows how to give you uh, uh, a confirmation in the natural because that's where he works in the natural realm and they're really coincidences but he will try to get you to accept that as a, a word or a, uh, what do you call it a confirmation you know because God does things with signs following he, he gives you a, he confirms things with signs following and the devil is a counterfeit and everything God does he tries to mimic it to confuse us and that's why we have to be sold out. We have to be, you know, on our watch. We have to be con- <laughs> fully persuaded, convinced. You have to be fully persuaded that the God that you are trusting and the God that you serve is big enough, bad enough, and has a- enough knowledge to give you what you ask for. That you can expect whatever it is that God has promised you. But you know, sometimes, you know, time works against us. And, but time can be your friend if you allow it. You know, because God is trying to work things out on the inside of us. And the biggest battle on the inside of us is going to be how we think. How we think, our attitudes. Our attitudes mess us up. Amen. See, a, a wrong attitude is, is, is a, pretty much a feeling that you had, that you have mixed with emotions. And mixed with feet, just feelings. It's, it's the carnal thing. And, how, and it's what you think about certain things because if you think the wrong way, then your attitude is going to be negative. 
And see, let me tell you something about attitude. It has to have its way. It's not satisfied until it shows itself. Because attitude is always trying to prove something to somebody. That I've taken a stand. And I feel this way about something. And until you acknowledge me, I'm not changing. Amen. And that's what attitude does. And so we have to always have a fixed mind. And see, everybody's mind is going to try to tell them to be negative, not to think. Look, if you think you won't, you, if you think you can't, you won't. If you think it'll never happen, it'll never happen. If you think negative, negative will come back. Amen. Hallelujah. Philippians 2, 5 says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you. What mind? A mind of humility. Amen. Hallelujah. A right attitude. See, a humble mind is a right attitude. When we have a bad attitude, you know how we say, she's got bad attitude, bad attitude. That's pride. It's the opposite of humility. Amen. People get stuck. We get stuck on something that we believe or stuck in something that we think somebody's trying to take advantage of us or not giving us. We get an attitude about we think what we think God is not giving us or something God didn't do yet. And he's waiting on us to get our attitudes right about the situation. Amen. Praise God. So we need to let Jesus be our example of humility. Amen. A humble mind. A humble mind is a mind of strength and purity. When your mind is is humble and it's not pushy and it's, you know, it's grounded, then it's, it's a humble mind, a mind that knows that Jesus is Lord. It's a mind that knows that God is in control and whatever my God promised me, he is more than able to perform it. Amen. That's a humble mind. A humble mind accepts whatever God has said, that's it, and doesn't look for a plan B. That's a humble mind. A humble mind accepts what God is doing. Hallelujah. Doesn't fight God. Hallelujah. Stinking thinking is poisonous. It's poisonous to our future, and it causes a bad attitude. The way you think causes your attitude. Our attitude determines our fate, but the way we think, our attitude or the way we act things out is based on how you think. And then when somebody says, oh, well, I ain't mean that, or well, I, wouldn't, I didn't think that, well, your action show, <laughs> you, you understand what I'm saying? And so our attitudes can be very detrimental to the purpose that God's called us. You know, it can stop you or it can help you, your attitude. And so we have to keep our attitudes in check. We all have to do that. Amen. There's nobody that doesn't veer off. We all veer off. Amen. If it's something that we don't think is quite right, we still have to put ourselves in check, check how we think. And, and sit back and, you know, that, that wisdom from God will click in. Amen. When you stand back and you think about it, you know, and we can do that automatically. We can walk like that. We can live like that. 
All we have to do is walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. What's walking in the flesh when you are consumed with how you think and you don't allow anything else to change your mind because you want to be right? And that's not humility. Amen. When you're humble, you're willing to change how you think because just maybe you might be wrong and God might be right. Amen. Hallelujah. Proverbs 23, 7. Let's go there. Hallelujah. Proverbs 23, 7. It's a familiar Familiar scripture. I'm next to run away. Hallelujah. I don't know why I didn't turn to it. And it says in Proverbs 23 7, it says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so as a man thinketh, so is he. So as a man thinketh. The greatest battle you'll ever fight is the battle that is in your mind. So as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So we have to have a heart change. See, this this the way we think when we think wrong, that stuff is in your heart. Amen. The best way to get your heart changed is to meditate on the word. Develop a relationship with God. Know your God. Spend time with him. You know, make a sacrifice from doing some of the other things that interest us. And give God a chance. Allow the Holy Spirit to permeate your heart and change how you feel and how you think. Amen. Well, we got one person interested, but that's okay. I'm going to keep preaching. Hallelujah. Let Jesus be our example. And he had a pure heart. His mind was strong. See, when we think wrong thoughts, all we need to do is strengthen our hearts and strengthen your mind. Your mind needs to be strengthened in the word. Amen. Strengthened in the word of God. A humble mind is a mind of strength and a mind of purity. A mind of soundness, wholeness. Amen. Amen. If you think you fail, you're going to fail. That came from you, not from people treating you wrong. <laughs> Amen. See, that's the first thing the devil's going to do is tell you it's somebody else. Because if you ever figure out it's you, you'll stop. And so he's going to keep putting people in your face. It's their fault. They don't like me. No, you don't like you. Amen. But you can. Hallelujah. So if you think you're, you're beaten, you are. So as a man thinketh in his heart. If you think things won't change, they won't. Amen. This is the negativity that we allow to go on in our minds. Amen. I call it stinking thinking. Amen. And it's poisonous. Poisons your future. Poisons your relationships. Amen. Amen. And it causes a bad attitude. When you have a bad attitude, it's contagious. (laughs) Others pick up on it. And I think that's the general idea. Amen. Hallelujah. It's called I'm manipulative. And we just need to do self, you know, 
give ourselves, just turn ourselves into the bad attitude where God is and let him help us. Amen. Your facial expressions and your mannerisms show what's on the inside of you. The devil don't want you to know that. Bad attitudes aren't content. They aren't satisfied. Amen. Circumstances shouldn't define how we live. Amen. A person that lives out of feelings, you live by circumstances. If I don't feel bad, I feel bad today, or you have something upsetting that you keep thinking about, then it's going to show. But it doesn't have to. We can work on ourselves. Amen. Because we have the Holy Spirit to help us. Amen. Amen. Bad attitudes don't celebrate victory. Bad attitudes doesn't celebrate wealth. You can have all the money in the world. If your attitude is bad, you ain't happy. And you, we, don't, but we, we don't understand is we can change all that. Amen. The Holy Spirit can help us to come out of self-pity because that's what it is. Amen. You got to have a fixed mind, a mind that stayed, according to Isaiah 26.3. Some people need to write that scripture down and read it every day. That's what I did. Amen. And this is the only way you get healed is you can't have pride. You've got to be humble. You have to have a humble heart. Amen. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Isaiah, the Amplified, it says a person who um, has a fixed mind is committed, has committed himself to God and leans on God, who hopes in God. If your hope is in people, you're always going to be topsy-turvy. Amen? Because your faith is in the wrong place. See, you can't have faith in man and faith in God at the same time. And see, the devil likes to keep people confused like that. Because he knows that if you stay confused like that, you'll never be a winner. Amen? Hallelujah. And it's him all the time behind the evil things. Let's go, let's uh, turn to Philippians 4. I just think we need to read it. Philippians 4, 8. Or Philippians 4, 7. And it says in verse 7, it says, well, let's go to 6. It says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Amen. Don't seek another source. Now, God does work through people, but let them come to you. Because God can speak to people, and people know how to say, well, this is God. Let me follow through on this. Amen. And so verse 7 says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. Through Christ Jesus and the peace of God and the peace of God. Now, what did it say about the peace of God? It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. So it says, seek God, pray. Amen. Have a petition God. You know, cry out to him with thanksgiving. Thank him for what you have. And let your requests be made known through prayer. 
And if you, when you ask, if you believe, when you ask, when you pray, you believe, you receive it. So when you talk to God, believe that he's going to come through on what you've asked. See, double-mindedness gets us nothing. You know, you, we don't please God when we're double-minded. Double-mindedness is you believe he's going to do it one minute, and then two hours later, you don't believe it anymore. Because something else have come in and spoken to your mind. See, the battle is in our mind. It's not, it ain't God. And then we get mad at God and we think God is mean. It, it's, it's us. It's how we think. And God understands that. He's not mad at us. He wants us to help. He wants to help us pull through this thing. He wants to teach us a few tweaks so that we can fix those things and move on to the big things, the big blessings in life. Amen. And so we have to learn how to trust in him with all of our hearts. It starts in your heart. It's a heart thing. Amen. It's what you, you hold in your heart. Amen. If you got a lot of anger, it's in your heart. God can get rid of that. You got to just fess it up to him. Amen. But somebody, some people like being angry because they can go around and hurt other people. And it makes them feel justified. I know we don't have anybody in here that does that. But that's how it works. But we're supposed to allow God to come in and minister to our hearts and to our minds so that we can be fulfilled in every way. Only God can do that. Amen. Verse 7 of Philippians 4 says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. The peace of God will which surpasses all understanding. You can't figure this one out. See, religion always wants to figure things out, to see if it's God. You ought to know by the Spirit if it's God or not. We know. We know by the Spirit if it's God or not. And the peace of God. The devil certainly doesn't give anybody peace. He gives you peace in your flesh. The devil likes to give you peace in your abilities. In your abilities to be able to do any, to do what you do. And that's what the devil wants to give you, peace in you. That you got it locked down and tightened up. Y'all here today. Amen. Amen. And so it says, the peace of God will guard your hearts. I'm sorry. It says, and the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. And in verse 8 says, finally, my brethren, it says, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report. And if there's any virtue in it, it says, and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Amen. Whose report will you believe? I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. Hallelujah. I believe the report of the Lord. Hallelujah. And so God says, think on these things because if you think on things that are not going well, things that you need, you know, because it says, where is that? Be anxious for nothing. In verse 6, it says, be anxious for nothing. That means don't worry about what you need. It says, but in everything by prayer and supplication, by prayer and petition. Amen. With thanksgiving, let your requests 
be made known. Thank God for something before it's gimme, gimme, and asking for more. Amen. Can you thank him for because you woke up this morning? Because you didn't have an accident. You didn't veer off the road this morning. Amen. Something to be thankful for. Hallelujah. Reverence God. Trust him. He loves you. Amen. And he wants to give you the desires of your heart. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 4. Amen. The peace of God is what we need. The peace of God. And the peace of God will be with you if you do what? If you think on these things. Amen. That was verse 9. I didn't finish. (laughs) Now, Paul was beaten and stoned. Have you been beaten? Have you been stoned? No. Have you been jailed? Mm, Probably. Have you been falsely accused? Probably. Have you been left for dead? No. Paul was all these things. He was put in a pit. He was falsely accused. He was hated by man because of the gospel. Amen. But he wasn't moved. Amen. He didn't let these things move him. Hallelujah. He said, none of these things move me. That's what Paul said. He called them light afflictions. <laughs> Let's go. Second Corinthians 4.17. He called them light afflictions. He said, for our light afflictions, which is far, what is but for a moment, is working for us a more exceeding and eternal way to glory. Amen. That means that the things in the natural realm doesn't compare to the things in the unseen realm, what you're doing for God. Amen. The things that are spiritual that you're doing, these light afflictions in the natural that you're going through, is no comparison to the power and the authority and the blessing that God can give you in the, in the spirit realm. They hold more weight in the spirit realm. They're eternal in the spirit realm. Amen. And so he says, none of these things moved me. Hallelujah. Because why? Because they were light afflictions, which is but for a moment. We, why do they last so long? We drag them out. Amen. We make them a lifetime. As I think Jesse Duplantis said, God told him to tell the people to quit dragging these light afflictions out for a lifetime. So I took that to mean they, they persist because of us, because of how we handle them. Because we refuse to think on things that are good, lovely, and pure. We refuse to change how we think. And sometimes we attempt to do it. It don't last very long. And we find out that we're right back to thinking, stinking. (laughs) Amen. But you have to continue to challenge yourself. Amen. It's a work. Amen. It's a work. But it gets easier and easier if you don't quit, if you faint not. If you continue to challenge yourself and challenge the devil and, and say, use your mouth, make him leave you alone. For these things which are seen, well, let me go to 18. It says, and while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, 
For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And so what I believe he's trying to get us to see is we allow the things that we're going through, the things that are seen, the things that bug us, the things that agitate us, we allow these things to affect us when really they're light afflictions and we need to pay attention to the unseen realm where your blessings are. Amen. We need to start to believe in the unseen realm, believe in what you don't see, because whatever God's promised you is in the unseen realm. Amen. Your future is in the unseen realm, even if it happens an hour from now. Amen. And so we need to have faith in what God has said and not what we see happening around us. Amen. And we and God will teach us how to do these things. See, where we mess up is we try to accomplish these things in our own strength. But the Bible says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. We need to depend on God more. You know, be, depend on the grace that he's given us. Amen. He's graced us to get through these times. He's graced us to hang on and not let go. He's graced us to believe in hope and having done all to stand. He's graced us because the spirit of grace causes us to cling. Amen. Cling to him. Hallelujah. The spirit of grace causes us to be long-suffering and, you know, and, and be there and not give up. Although you're going to feel, you're going to feel like giving up. But we don't live by feelings. We don't live out of our feelings. The just shall live by faith. We don't live by how we feel. Amen. Yeah, I felt like I wasn't going to get here today. But I didn't believe that. I said I'm going to press. Amen. Amen. You press. You don't live out of how you feel. Hallelujah. Or none of us would be anywhere. Hallelujah. You know, you wonder sometimes how people manage to build businesses up from garages into big to empires they they can't depend on what they see they have to have a vision amen they have to put their trust in god you know a lot of them don't admit it but that's where these small things came from amen and then some people uh admit that they're uh beginning started with god martha stewart has has said that God gave her her first idea. Some people admit it and some people don't. But I believe that God is always involved in trying to make us more prosperous than what we are. And he will, but you can't be thinking negatively. You know, it's, it's a risk. You have, but you're not ever risking anything. But people in the natural call it a risk. You have to be able to take a risk. But really, if your faith is in God, you're not risking anything. Amen? You're just trusting. Amen? You're standing out on walking on water. Hallelujah. When you walk on water, you're looking ahead. You're not looking at the conditions of the weather. You're keeping your eyes focused on, on Jesus like Peter did. And not go under. When he took his mind off of Jesus and he took his focus, put his focus on the conditions of the weather, he went under. Amen. But to to survive, you have to put your faith and your focus on him. Amen. 
Hallelujah. You know, Peter wanted to walk on water, he, and that's why he did. He says, Master, he says, tell me to come, and I'm going to come. And he says, come. In other words, is it all right to step out on this water? And when Jesus said, come, and, and, and extended his hand out, that was Peter's okay to come. And he walked on water. And then when the, the storm got, got boisterous, as the Bible says, he started to notice the conditions. He looked around. And he's thinking, I'm going under. And that's why he went under. Because that thought came. Amen. And he should have never taken his eyes. See, when we put our focus on the conditions around us, when we put our focus on that pressure from the world, you know, the pressure of the, your, your bill collectors or whatever that pressure is. When we focus too hard on that instead of saying, God, I know you're going to make a way for me. I don't have what I need, but I know you're going to give it to me. Amen. And I'm looking for an open door. And when you start to search for that open door from God, your focus starts to, you know, your faith gets stronger. Your faith doesn't weaken the more you go to God. Once you step out with God, your faith strengthens. Amen. It strengthens. Hallelujah. Like the man with the hand. Go, go out. The prophet said, go out and see if you see land or whatever. And he arraigned. And he says, all I see is a cloud about the size of a man's hand. First he said, I don't see nothing. He come back with an evil report. You know, because in his mind he doubted what the prophet was saying. Ain't no rain. And I don't see nothing. And I'm so glad that prophet stuck to what he, God spoke to him. He kept sending them out and sending them out and sending them after the seventh time. He said, well, I see a cloud about the size of a man's hand. Well, that's good enough. <laughs> and then they're, they're, you know, hallelujah. I don't care. God don't care how much faith you have. The faith of the mustard seed is what brings in the prize. You don't have to have a lot. Quit telling the, quit allowing the devil to tell you you don't have faith. You got faith. Amen. That's where that ministry comes out of. It comes out of your faith. When you at your job or at the grocery store and you hear somebody say a ridiculous thing like I'm sick or I'm not gonna make it or and you something comes inside of you and says no, that's wrong. That's faith. That's faith. Faith for ministry. Because that's who you are. That's a part of you. And just like you have faith to, to give the word and to uh, what it, whatever you might call that, cor- sin correction, spiritual correction, you have the same, that same faith will bring you whatever you need. Amen? Hallelujah. And don't ever let the devil tell you you can't because you will. And you will because you have to. You have to get victory. Amen? Why? Because that's the only way you're going to be able to get something for somebody else. Amen? Those people who are connected to you, you got to have faith. Hallelujah. So that you can minister the, the gospel to the poor, to the weak, and to the broken. Amen? Hallelujah. And that's where that comes. It comes out of your faith. It comes out of your heart. It comes out of your spirit. And so don't ever let the devil tell you you don't have what it takes because you have it. Amen? You have it. So Paul said these afflictions are light. These light afflictions produce patience. Well, I don't need that kind of patience. Yes, you do. 
Hallelujah. So don't live out of circumstances. Don't live out of what you're going through. But live out of the promises of God. Hallelujah. Paul walked above circumstances. When you walk above circumstances, you bear in mind that God is with you. He hasn't left me. He hasn't forsaken me because his promise, his word says, I will never forsake you. There's no circumstance that gets bad enough that God will ever forsake you. He will never forsake you, nor will he ever leave you. Amen. He's not left you. It just feels like he has. Hallelujah. So what do you do? You count it all joy. The Bible says count it all joy. James 1, 2, I think. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Let's go there for a minute. James 1, back of the book. Oh, I thought, forgot you don't have a book. Most of you. James 1, 2. Hallelujah. In verse 2, it says, my brethren of James, first chapter of James, my brethren, count it all joy. What does that mean? It means treat it as though. Treat it as though it were joyful when you fall into various trials. That doesn't mean you thank God for the trials. I hear religious people say, I thank God for my accident. I don't. I hate my accident. Amen. But if that's the only way God could hammer it in my hard head, bam. Amen. Amen. So my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Amen. You thank him for bringing you out. You thank him for coming through for you. Amen. In, a, in bad times. So when you fall into various trials, treat it as though it's a light affliction. And count it all joy. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. So whenever you go through trials, whenever you go through some type of circumstance, that's your faith being tested. How will you ever know what you're made of if you don't go through some tough things? Amen. But see, what the devil wants to do is use it to take you down. But I'm telling you, the devil can only take you down if you let him. You got to listen to all that crazy stuff. See, they didn't never like you. And see, you ain't, you wasn't right for that job. No way. And see, I didn't open that door. And see, and see, it's always an and see. But you don't have to listen to any of that stuff. All you have to do is trust God. There's a better one out there for you. <laughs> Amen. He opened that door. He'll open another one. He'll open a better door. That's how God works. Amen. He never lets the devil get the ups on his people. Hallelujah. You got to do a lot of stupid stuff to come out not higher than you started out. Your ending will be better than your beginning. Amen. And this is what God says. Hallelujah. You know, God is with you as a mighty, terrible one. He will fight the enemy for you. He takes a stand with you. You're not alone. Amen. So count it all joy when you, oh, where am I at? Oh, over in the Bible. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, diverse temptations, some Bible says. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. And that word patience is endurance. Patience, endurance. 
But let patience have its perfect work. That means quit trying to rush things that you may be perfect and complete. In other words, it seems to me as though James 1.4 is saying be patient and don't try to rush things when you're going through different things because that situation is working patience on the inside of you. Amen. Amen. See, when you're done going through that, you know that you know that you know that you know. I'm telling you. And then it says it, it says it may have its perfect, complete work in you, and you'll be lacking nothing. Amen. In other words, that word perfect or perfection means maturing. God will mature you. All God is trying to let you know that he's your God and you're his people or person. You belong to him. Amen. So let patience has its perfect work in you that you may be perfect, lacking nothing. That you'll come out mature, a mature saint. In verse 5 it says, And any of you who lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally, liberally and without reproach. And it will be given to him. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So God knows exactly where you are. Hallelujah. God wants us to be fully developed. Wants us to be mature with no defects. That's what going through. Ooh, I'm going through, girl. We're going when you go through, when you come out, you'll be a better you. Amen. Because the you that you are, you don't even like who you are right now. How you expect everybody else to like you? Amen. But when you come out, you'll be a better you. You'll have more patience. You ever been around people who are so impatient? I used to be like that. That's terrible. <sighs> you know, never peaceful. It's because patience have not worked its perfect work inside of them. Amen. See, how we I act in this little... We call them idiosyncrasies, uh, syncrasies that we have about ourselves. Them devils that needs to be worked out. I don't know what else to call them. Amen. You know, I, I know there's a nicer word. I can't think of one right now. Spits. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. We still got a few of them hanging around us, but we, we're on our way to perfection. Amen. Hallelujah. We have faith in our God that he will perfect the thing, those things that concern us. Hallelujah. He will perfect these things that concern us. So we don't have to worry. We just have to be humble and give ourselves over and take this wall down, this wall of pride that sits there and won't allow God to do a perfect and complete work. We stop us from prospering. We stop us from having things. We stop us from getting whatever it is we need with our attitudes and with our faith. And sometimes it's with our pride. Not allowing God to come in and do a complete work. It's always the other person. Heal my husband. Fix him. (laughs) When, you know, everybody, we all need need help. Amen. I, I like when Joyce Meyer talk about how 
She used to say, oh, God, heal Dave. And she said she looks back and see how she was never satisfied with anything, didn't have patience, always pushing, manipulating people, trying to have her way. But she was always praying on Dave. God, there's something wrong with Dave. <laughs> Amen. And I'm, I'm thankful that she's able to admit that. You know what I'm saying? And I noticed, you remember when she first started out, because she started out back when we did, and it was all women. And, but you know the guys are there. Now the husbands have shown up. And when she says that, they're like, yeah, you know, speak to her. Speak to her, God. Amen. And, it's t- and somebody needs to. Amen. Because it ain't always him. It's us too. Amen. It's us too. We all have room for perfection. Amen. Until that day, God's going to be perfecting us. And getting rid of them idiosyncrasies. <laughs> Is that a better name? <laughs> we want devil. No, you want idiosyncrasies. Mm-hmm. All right. But anyway, you know we gotta, you know we gotta do what we gotta do. Are we live streaming today? <laughs> we might be live. Those are idiosyncrasies. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're destined to win. Amen. And I don't care how bad your situation look. You go around and scream to, to in your house that things are going to get better. I have a good job. Devil, you're a liar. <laughs> you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, God has given me all things pertaining to life and godliness. You know, God knows what I need. Even before I ask, I have it. And so we need to learn how to talk to the devil and press forward. Press forward toward the mark of the high calling. Amen. And be determined to endure hardships. Hallelujah. Be determined to do whatever it is that God has told you to do. Amen. But don't faint and don't quit. Adversity comes to all men. It comes to everybody. Amen. Let's go to um, Proverbs 24. I know I didn't put things in order, but I'll repent and I'll get it right. Amen. Proverbs 24. Hallelujah. 2410. And it says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Amen. Nobody ever likes that one, but. (laughs) So in other words, follow through with what God has put before you. Follow through and don't quit. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't allow yourself to be drawn away by weakness. You know, weakness will make you cut corners and go the other way. Weakness will make you run. Amen. Don't totter to the slaughter. Because that's what you do. That's where weakness leads you to the slaughter. Amen. Psalm 27.1 says, The Lord is my life and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my strength the strength of my life, and whom shall I be afraid? Hallelujah. 
Amen. Psalm 46, 1 says, God is our fortress, our fortress and our strength, and a very present help in trouble. This stuff is not in here just to appease us. It's true. You need to go over this. Write those scriptures down and go over that at home. When the devil jump your mind. Because <laughs> he's a coming. And you need to be ready. Amen. God is a very present help in a time of trouble. Amen. Psalm 91. Let's go there. Hallelujah. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Amen. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide. If you hide in the shadow of God, if you hide or abide in the presence of God, Amen. You'll survive. You'll be powerful. You'll be all-sufficient. Amen. Why? Because he's the all-sufficient one. He's the almighty one. He's the all-powerful one. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. He's El Shaddai. That means mighty. Unconquerable. Amen. Greatness, strength. Amen. He is the one that shelters you. The big shelter. How about that? Verse 2 says, I will say of my Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. That's my shelter. My God, in him I will trust. See, that's the God we serve. Amen. We don't serve the God that leave us out there by ourselves wondering what's up. When are you going to come? I'm here already. When are you going to acknowledge me? Anybody home? Verse 3, surely he shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler. You know, we talk about snares all the time, those traps of destruction. He'll deliver you from that. Amen? From that gotcha. Because that's what the devil tries to do. He'll feed you a string of lies. And pound you in the head with worry until he say, gotcha, you walk into a snare. Because you stop following God and you start following something that's not real. Are you here today? Amen. And then when you fall into that snare, he wants to clamp down. It's like a bear trap. That's what I always look at a snare as a bear trap. And then once you get in there, it's so hard to get out. Because your faith is gone, your confidence is gone, you feel like you failed. Anybody ever been there other than me? Amen. And then he tries to hold you in there with a mighty grip. Amen. But I'm telling you, the devil has no authority and power over you. Hallelujah. He has no, one prayer can get you out of a snare. Amen. One prayer can get you out of a snare. Hallelujah. Amen. I think I was in three or four. Surely he can deliver you from the snares, from that destruction, that waste, that noonday. 
the tricks of the enemy that try to peek around the corner. He uses people. He'll use your loved ones. He'll use anybody. He don't care. Anybody that's weak enough, their mind is weak enough. See, it's all in what you know, what you think, how you handle life. Amen. It says, and from the perilous pestilence, those are attacks like the plague. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. Amen. You take cover. Hallelujah. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. You stand in God's truth. Uh, That's all you need. And it says his truth shall be your where was where was that? Oh, your shield and your buckler buckler. In other words, his truth shall be your armor. Amen. His truth shall be your cover, your protection. Amen. You shall not be afraid of the terrors by night. False prophecy, dreams, visions that ain't true. Then somebody else said, well, God gave me a vision, and he told me that the whole world was going to be destroyed and all of this stuff. Amen. When really it was bad pizza or too many, <laughs> too many neck bones. <laughs> Whatever. Amen. Now, God does speak to you in visions and dreams, but sometimes you have to be on point to know where it, where that comes from. And if it wasn't God, cast it down. You know, you get on the Internet, you always reading these prophecies. God gave people some of that stuff ain't God. You got to see God put on the inside of his prophetic people the ability to check it, check a prophecy or to question, check it against the spirit, judge the spirit by the spirit. And there's this thing on the inside of you. I remember Robert's Laren calling it your checker. And it, it will agree or disagree with what's on the inside of you. Amen. And so that's why when prophecy comes forth, you have to check it against the Spirit of God. Amen. The Spirit of God puts that in everybody who is tuned in to what God is doing. Amen. Some of it's real. Some of it ain't. Amen. Thus saith the Lord, thank God. You know, some of that's real, some of it ain't. And so you have, but there's a knowing that's on the inside of us that will check if it's God and God will tell you if it's him or not. It says, nor the arrows that fly by noonday. And those are the, you know, gossip. That's an arrow. You know, and all these other things that try to take you down and mess your head up, mess your thinking up. You got to be strong. And all it takes is you hiding under the shadow of God's wings. In other words, being in him, not being in the flesh, but being in him. In him we live, move, and have our being. Hide under his shadow, the shadow of his wings. Amen. So I'm still in verse 5. It says, Nor the arrows that fly by by day, nor the pestilent that walks in darkness. That's what you can't see, but what God can see. Nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. In verse 7, a thousand may fall at your side. This is Jasmine's favorite scripture. Amen. Hallelujah. 
a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not <clears throat> come nigh you. You know, something happened. I don't remember. Is Jasmine in here? Something happened. I'll, maybe you remember, B.B., something. I think it was the weather or something was going on. I said, oh, boy, what are we going to do or something? She said, gee, gee, a thousand may fall at your hand and 10,000 by your right side, but it shall not come nigh you. And I said, oh, yeah, I don't want to go. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Didn't she do that? Do you remember what the circumstance was? Oh, yeah, credit card scandal at Target. And I said, I was just in Target. She said, gee, gee, a thousand. And I'm like, okay, little girl. <laughs> Where church you go to? She said, she'll not come nigh you. And you know that word got me. And I said, you know what? I'm not worried about what. They can't do nothing with my identity. Amen. Because God is protecting my identity. Got me straight. Got me straight. Amen. And that's what she, she quoted Psalm 91.7 to me. I said, okay, Jasmine, thank you so much. But it straightened me up. And I haven't thought about it anymore. Amen. But that's the word of God. A thousand may fall at your hand and 10,000 at your right side, but it shall not come nigh you. Hallelujah. Verse 8, only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Amen. It says, because you have made the Lord who is your refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. And it's because you dwell in the secret place of the most high with the Lord and then adversity doesn't touch you. Amen. You know, nothing touches you but patience, endurance. Amen. Because you feel powerful. You feel covered by his wings. Amen. Because you know that God is with you. No evil shall befall you. Nor any plague shall come near your dwelling. Amen. Near your house. And verse 11 says, for he shall give his angels charge over you. That's one of my favorite. Amen. You know, to keep you in all your ways. Amen. In your hand, their hands, they shall bear you up. At least you dash your foot against the stone. Amen. They won't even let you stumble on a rock. Hallelujah. It says, for you shall tread upon the lion. In the cobra, verse 13, the young lion and the serpent, you shall trample underfoot because he has set his love upon you. Therefore, I will deliver him and I will set him on high. This is God saying he'll set you on high because he's known your na- his name. In other words, you remember God and you cried out to him. And because you, you cried out to him, he'll set you on high. You know, in other words, he's your God, you're his people. He knows who you are. You're not a stranger to him because you've been in the secret place of the Most High. Amen. Verse 15, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. And I will be with him in trouble. God is with you in trouble. doesn't say he, you won't have trouble. It says if trouble comes, he'll be with you in trouble. Hallelujah. And I will deliver him and honor him. And with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. God will give you long life. Amen. If you dwell in the secret place of the Most High. Amen. 
Did you, everybody know where that is? Amen. And so you need to make an appointment with God. He's there. And just call upon him. He says he'll answer you because he knows your name and because you know him. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, God will give you strength. And strength is not measured by what you can do for yourself. Amen. Strength is measured by the faith that you have having God. Strength is measured by what God, what you allow God to, to do and be in your life. Hallelujah. Let's go to Romans 15. Romans 15. Now, when you are walking with God, defeat is not an option. Amen? Only victory. Because God has only told you one thing, that you have the victory. Amen? And so, defeat is not an option. So, don't. what does that mean? Stop thinking defeat. Don't entertain defeat. Amen? Romans 15, 1 says, We then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak. Try to understand where they are and not put them, uh, you know, to shame, but to help help them to uh, give them the word. Amen. That's what you do. You give them the word. Amen. And not to please ourselves, but let each one of us please his neighbor for his good leading. Wait a minute. For his good. Please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. For even Christ did not please himself. But as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproach you fell on me. Amen. So in verse 4, for whatever things are written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience, through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. And so, in other words, endure, not just for yourself, but to minister to others. Amen? And so strength comes or is measured not by your strength, but your strength in God. Your hope and your strength in him, in the word of God. Amen? In other words, when adversity comes, that's when your strength will show. See, see the devil sometimes uses adversity to take you down but that should make you stronger it doesn't make you weaker it makes you stronger but see because of how we think we think that troubles and problems are to is supposed to make us feel weak it's not you know kites when kites fly they 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 fly with the adversity of the wind you know that's what makes kites take off Kites don't take off in pleasant weather. In fact, they can't fly. Amen? It's the adversity, the adversity of the wind that caused kites to take off. And you're like an eagle. And eagles perform like kites. Amen? And so adversity is to make you go higher. It's to make you soar. It's not to bring you down. 
and cause you to become immobile and, and, and unstable. But when you see problems, you know, you get strong because, you know, he knows your name and you cry out to him. And, you know, strength comes from the secret place of the Most High. He strengthens you. He strengthens your heart and he causes you to stand having done all to stand. Amen. Adversities don't take you down. Adversities make you stronger. Amen. So stop allowing opposition to scare us and to stop us because it makes you stronger. You know, some people say, well, I would have had this if that hadn't happened. What? No. God will pick you up. He's with you in adversity. He's with you in the down times. He's with you when bad things happen. Amen. And if you have relatives or you have acquaintances, people at your job that call, allow these circumstances to, to cause them to fall, you pick them up. Amen. You give them a word because that word is in you. Christ is in you, the hope of glory. He never falters. He knows what he's doing. Amen. You're a blessing to somebody. Hallelujah. Well, that's what we just read, (laughs) according to Romans 15. We are a blessing. And when others come under scrutiny of the devil, that's when you're strong and you minister to them. And that's on the inside of all of us. Amen. You're supposed to dream big and think big. Don't think small and defeated. You know, if you think defeated, you're going to be defeated. And it ain't God's fault. And it ain't my boss's fault. They didn't like me anyway. No, you're not defeated. Amen. But you're victorious in him. In him. See, strength strength comes through Christ. It comes through who you are. Not who you know. But who you are. That's where strength comes. Romans 12, 2 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't conform to this world in other words don't think like they think don't start to articulate what you see going on in the natural in the world system but be ye transformed by renewing your mind by renewing how you think by thinking like christ you can't think like the world thinks you know it's all you can do to put up with these people for eight hours and because they're nuts i'm telling you they think like the world. They don't change. They're conniving. It's hard being a Christian in the world, but you have authority. You have victory. You have dominion. You have power. You have all these things. I can do all things through Christ. You have his word. You have his personality. When you look in a mirror, you should see his reflection. Amen. And so you have all these things going for you. The world don't have it. That's why they're cutthroat, if you know what I'm saying. They have to rely on the natural. They don't have anything else. But you, you have Christ and you have a sound mind. You know, but these people, have you ever noticed the devil uses them to put fear in us? But the Bible says, I didn't give you a spirit of fear. God didn't give you that, but he gave you a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. He gave us a sound mind to handle situations the way they're supposed to be handled. You know, you're somebody's supervisor, and the first thing they want to do is disrespect you. Amen. And so God will give you strength 
to withstand whatever you have to withstand, you draw from him. Draw nigh to him, the Bible says, and I'll draw nigh to you. He won't move away from you. He'll come closer. Amen. So don't be conformed. Don't be a part of. Don't be a part of Romans 12, 2. Don't be a part of this world. But be ye, let's, let's go to Romans 12, 2. We're already in Romans. Let's go back to 12. Don't be a part of the world because they'll put pressure on you to be like them. You know, start your own trend. Amen. Romans 12, verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. That means have a new attitude and new ideas. You know, flick, click over into the way God thinks and the way God sees things. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Hallelujah. Have the mind of Christ. And don't be a part of, don't be conformed to this world. There's a reason God says that. Amen. In other words, that word conform means the schemes. Don't be a part of schemes. Amen. Hallelujah. Conforming oneself to the outer fashions of the world. In other words, don't try to look like them. Don't try to mimic them. Don't try to be like them because they, they want to be like you. Amen. And if they don't want to make that sacrifice, they'll try to get you to conform to their style, their way of living, their way of thinking. Amen. So be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove for yourself what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And you'll prove by practicing daily to others how they're supposed to act. Amen. You'll be a role model. Amen. And so you are you don't conform to this world, this life. Amen. This way of thinking. You know, you're supposed to wear this. You're supposed to wear that. The Bible says don't conform to that. Amen. Don't be a part of it. But he's given us a sound mind. Amen. Now what's a sound mind? A sound mind is good judgment. Disciplined thought patterns. Thinking, your thinking ability is on the level of God. Amen. You have right thinking ability. Hallelujah. Making right decisions, you have that ability. See, the world can't do that all the time. That's why they got to call and ask you, even though they don't listen to nothing you say. (laughs) <laughs> but they're still going to call and ask you. Because when you tell them what thus saith the Lord, that ain't really what they want to hear. But that's what they need to hear. So don't compromise and say, well, you know, that's what I did. And it worked out one time. Sometime it didn't. But something, no. Mm-mm. You tell them the truth. Amen. Truth is what sets men free. A sound mind. Disciplined mind. The ability to be a leader. Safe thinking. The qualities of self-control and self-discipline, which the world don't have. Amen. 
So if we have a sound mind, we'll stop emotionalism. We won't live out of how we feel. Amen. We'll stop being in a place of unbelief and we'll start to believe God because nothing is impossible with him. Amen. So we need to trust God. Isaiah 40. It's the last scripture. Isaiah 40. Trust him. Wait on him. Amen. Believe in him. Don't, don't ride on your own strength. Live out of his strength. Believe what he's doing in your life. Believe what the word of God says about you. Amen. I am victorious in him. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I can do all things through Christ. Amen. You know, I, I believe all things. I can, you know, I have the strength for all things. Amen. Because God's given it to you. Isaiah forty thirty one. And it says here, but those who wait on the Lord. Well, let's go up to 29. He gives power to the weak. Thank you, Lord. And to those who have no might. See, so in other words, strength is not measured by what you can do for, out of your own strength. But strength is measured by the strength that you draw from God. See, that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about we never get weak and feel like we don't know what to do. We do get there. But when we get there, we have to know what to draw from. Amen? You draw from your relationship from him. You draw from the knowledge of him. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Amen. You know, a thousand may fall at your hand and ten thousand by your right side, but it shall not come by you. I shall not be afraid of the terrors by night or the arrows that fly at noonday. But I will trust in my God because he is worthy of all honor and praise. He is worthy. He is an all-powerful God that, that can do all things. Amen. And I can do all things through him, through his strength that leads me and guides me into all truth. You know, you've got to have a rap for the devil. You've got to know some stuff. Amen. And if, and if it's nothing but reciting what he's told you, that's good enough. Amen. See, the devil will say, that ain't really which, how you feel. And all you got to do is say, yes, it is. <laughs> That's all you got to say. Amen. You don't owe him nothing but the word. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, so let's go back to Isaiah 40. It says, um, Okay, let me start over because I don't know where I left off. In 29, he gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. And even the youth shall faint and be weary. That means the strong, that word youth, even the strong, people who know the word. Even at times you get weak and you need a, a little girl that says, no, 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 no. It shall not come nigh you. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. It says, and the young men shall utterly fall. It says, but those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. It says, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. 
They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Amen. So in other words, you gain strength through patience and faith. And this is how they inherited the promises. Through faith and patience, they inherited the promises, but they received that faith and that strength through him. You draw through God in your weakness. It's okay if you're weak. Because when I'm weak, Paul says, I am strong in him. He makes me strong because I'm not running on my own strength. Amen? Hallelujah. But I'm running on his strength. I'm drawing from him. How do you draw from God? By pressing into his presence. Amen? And you wait upon the Lord. That means I am with you. I'm not afraid. And I'm going to see what you're going to do for me, God, because I'm, I'm in obedience to you. As we wait upon the Lord, God will do all things. There's nothing he won't do for you. There's nothing you can't get from him. If you don't get it from God, you don't need it. Amen. Hallelujah. And so those who wait upon the Lord, those who, in other words, that word wait means those that hope and expect. That don't mean just sit and wait on God to do everything for you. It means those who hope and expect in him. Amen. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will renew their power. They shall lift their wings and mount up. This is the Amplified. Mount up close to God as eagles mount up to the sun. And they shall run and not be weary. That means when it says run, that means run with God. Run with that patience, endurance. Run with that authority and that power and that assurance that God is leading you in the right direction. And don't fail. Don't quit. Don't stop to consider. Amen. Amen. You know, Abraham considered not. He considered not. The Bible says he considered not. He staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief. He considered not the age of his body. He considered not the age of Sarah's womb. He considered not their situation. He considered not. And we have to start not considering our situation. Don't consider. Don't consider not. Stagger not. Means do not let these situations slow you down. Don't stop and study them and try to figure out why is this happening. Why? Go with what God is saying. He says you can do all things. Amen. Hallelujah. In him we live, move, and have our being. It's through him, by him, with him, all things are through him see we try to do things in our own strength and then we talk ourselves out of everything that we believe amen we talk ourselves out of it because we don't feel strong well you you're not supposed to go on your own strength your faith is in you and that's the wrong thing amen honey our faith is in him the one who made us the one who called us the one who created us the one that loves us, the one that will never fail us, the one that will never forsake us. Our faith is in him. In him we live and we have. In him we have our being. In him we know who we are. In him. Without him we're nothing. 
we know nothing amen paul says i know nothing but jesus christ and him crucified that's all that mattered he says but i'm telling you when times got hard i couldn't measure the the depth the length the width and the height of his love amen because he never forsaked paul never and he will never forsake you okay all right why don't we stop hallelujah praise god amen father we thank you and we bless you for your word and lord we pray against this evil weather we take authority over it right now in jesus name father we bind accidents and destruction in the name of jesus and father we release the anointing amen we release safety we release every good and perfect thing that comes from you we release it over your people in Jesus' name. And, Father, we pray for Pastor Barb to get home safely from Detroit. Father, nothing missing, nothing broken. Father, we thank you. We pray for Tony that he won't have any accidents. Lord, we put a, him, a shield of protection over him. Lord, allow the angels to go before him and be his real guard and not allow his foot to uh, dash his foot against the stone. We thank you, Father, for angels that go before us. We thank you, Father, that we are made perfect in you. Father, we can do all things through you, in you, by you. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If there's anyone that needs prayer before we go, I can pray for you. Amen.